0: Welcome to the Transition Bridge Podcast, the podcast that will help you embrace, grow, and be transformed by the transitions of life. Now here's your host, Debbie Ronka. Welcome to the Transition Bridge Podcast. This is Debbie Ronka, your host, and I'm glad that you're here with me today. To open up our episode, I'm going to start with a quote that covers the topic that we're going to cover today. Childhood sexual abuse. And here's the quote. The three most important words one can say to a child who discloses sexual abuse to you are, I believe you. Today, I have the amazing and most beautiful Fuchina Kirkendall. She herself was once a victim. But now is not only a survivor, she's also an overcomer of childhood sexual abuse. Fuchina is an Amazon number one best-selling author, a certified coach practitioner, a motivational innovator, a public speaker, a mother of two and grandmother of one. And she is the CEO of Chronicles of a Favored Woman from Duluth, Georgia. Fuchina would share with you. I can recall the feelings of loneliness and confusion. And after decades of suffering and silence, I decided to face it and to help others do the same. It was at this point I started using the power of my voice to speak up, to speak out, and to encourage others to do the same. And so here I am today, once touched, now redeemed. And out of this experience is where Chronicles of a Favored Woman was birthed. Chronicles of a Favored Woman will be charging into another year via impacting lives of others by utilizing three key elements. First, to increase awareness of the power of discovering and utilizing their voice. Second, the power of forgiveness. And third, their responsibility to pay it forward go back, and help someone else reach their fullest potential. It takes one spark to create a forest fire, and Chronicles of a Favored Woman plans to be that spark, to ignite that fire, one soul, one life, one story at a time. Fuchina, thank you so much for being here with me today on the Transition Bridge Podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. To God be the glory. It is a pleasure to be here.
0: Oh, I'm so honored to have you because I know your story. When I read your story, I was just compelled to invite you on because hearing your story and knowing also where you are now in life and helping other women, I just love to use the podcast to be a source of inspiration and encouragement. And so, you know, in reading here after decades of suffering in silence, you found your voice. So, uh, I'd love for you to be able to share what you can about your story, and then, what was it that helped you f- eventually find your voice?
1: Well, that's a, that, that's a very good question. Um, I've learned that you know when you grow up as a child. I grew up in an era where parent girl, kids were seen and not heard. Adults were always right, children were always wrong. You will automatically chastise if an adult says something. That was it. I'll, I'll just tell you an incident where it really hit home for me. I was molested between kindergarten and third grade. I remember um, a situation happened where I popped off at the, the predator, and he came and he mentioned it to my grandmother. So I thought, oh, this would be an opportunity to say, hey, he's been doing something to me. But instead of asking, I was immediately chastised. And I was, oh. sla- I'll never forget. She slapped a fire out my face. I would never forget that. Oh. But she was being, honestly, I don't fault her because she didn't know. She just thought I was being a disrespectful child to an adult. But on the other end, I knew that I had nobody who would protect me. That's how I felt. I didn't have anyone who's going to be able to protect me. So that's when I knew I had to protect myself. So that means I didn't trust family because I was violated by family. And now I can't trust my family members because instead of asking me, you automatically assume and put... And so what that does, it gives power to the predator. Now I could just... Say whatever I want to say, and she's going to get in trouble and makes it vulnerable and easier for that person to do whatever they want to do. Well, at that point, I knew I couldn't tell to nobody. I can't tell anyone because it's very obvious that if I do, you know, at least that's how I felt in my mind. And not knowing I was suppressing it for so long, I just act as if it didn't happen because I finally moved away. Um, and then I came back to return my senior year in high school. I left at middle and now elementary school. I came back, but I still lost my voice because on top of that, I was dealing with rejection. I was dealing with abandonment. I was always that person. I don't know what anyone else, but I'm uniquely unique, is what I am. I march to the beat of my own drum. If you go left, I go right, and I see where you know we're going to the same destination. I just take a different route and going it. And so I was always labeled, you know, as this little fast tailed girl when, well, I really, I did not know. I thought that I had to be validated when I'm touched because that's all I grew up to be. You remove the boundaries. There is no boundaries and there's no one there to help you and guide you because you can't talk about it. You just have to deal with it. It wasn't until my senior year in high school, I finally met someone who I knew honestly and truly loved me. No motives, no nothing. And I don't know what it was that made me just broke down and cry and told him I was molested. Mm. And I told him to this day that he was a lifesaver for me. It was like an elephant off my chest when I was able to get that out. But I tell, I'm saying this to put a plug for parents. Kids will let you know something's wrong with them. You have to pay attention. You have to ask questions. The adults are not always right. They're going to tell you and communicate on their level. And if you know your children, you're going to pay attention to that instead of saying, well, why are they doing this? Well, there's a reason why they're doing it. Ask those questions. I just want to share that because I didn't have that opportunity and I don't want anybody else to know that now. And if you're not familiar with it, darkness, light is an awesome program for for parents to take. But my point is leaving a child, um, a certain way and having to deal with that and then having to deal with other complications from being molested.
0: There's so much. Yes. There's so much that affects your soul. And Just who you are as 100%. a person, like you were saying, the abandonment, the rejection and, and how difficult that had to be for you. Because I'm just thinking of how old you are and how, how you were trying to process this in your mind and you couldn't share because you saw what happened when right. you did share. And so mm-hmm. how this little girl had to grow up and, and, and what a burden was on your heart until you met that person in um high school um so i want to go back to the parents because i think you said something they're really important let me ask you this futina when you were that little girl what would you have wanted someone to ask you
1: why it's simple why do you do the things you do
0: what would that's- you like that's to the perpetrator
1: no, that will be to, when you ask the question, what would I want them to ask me? It will be simply, why are you doing the things that you're doing?
0: Oh, the way and that then, you're acting out, the way that you're acting out in right. your behavior. Yeah. Okay. And,
1: you know, as you say that I'm boy crazy or, you know, not understanding boundaries or snapping off at the mouth. Why? Why are you doing that? And then also, I'm here for you. And you said something that resonated to me. I believe you. Yeah.
0: I read that quote and I thought, oh my gosh, if if we can all get to that point to believe first, believe first mm-hmm. the child and then investigate and give that child a safe place. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. so important. Mm-hmm. And like just listening to you, And, you know, all all of the emotional trauma, I mean, abuse of this nature just brings with it a measure of trauma, Mm -hmm. um, a measure of shame, all all of the things that get placed on this little girl, her heart and her shoulders that she wasn't created to bear that, that that was not yours to have that placed on you. And as a coach one of the things that I help women with is what I call limiting beliefs. What are the uh, things that we believe about ourselves that keep us stuck or keep us moving forward? And the limiting beliefs come from the words that other people say to us or about Mm -hmm. us or speak over us, like the things that affect our Mm self-esteem, our value and and our worth and I found this quote and it actually like it it just touches my heart when I read it. and it kind of goes with the limiting beliefs. I'm starting to remember who I was before you convinced me I was worthless. Hmm. You know yeah. what's
1: interesting is that I don't I remember being a little girl and I was five years old. I'm born on Valentine's Day. And I remember my uncle giving me my first box of chocolate, and he put a candle right in the middle of it. And that made me feel I'm about to cry. Um, that made me feel so special. Um, I can't say in my childhood years I felt special because the one who was designed to protect me rejected me. Now, don't get me wrong; I believe that they loved me because they didn't know what they were doing, but. I also had to deal with other people's insecurities and I was faulted for something that's not my fault. So, you know, having that innocence taken away from you and constantly stripped and people telling you what you're not versus what you are. Mm-hmm. Example, you are a child of the most high God. You are beautiful. You are wonderfully made. I didn't get that. I get why are you so fast? Why are you this? Why are you walking like that? Your feet are ugly. Those words, they say, six and stones may break my bones, but words never hurt, hurt me. That is
0: not the truth.
1: Worse, yes. oh, they go deeper than physical abuse. They do.
0: They, they go right into our soul. And just like you said, we start, we take what other people say about us mm-hmm. that comes from their pain, like they're right. speaking out of their pain. And what happens to all of us, it happens to all of us that we start to believe what others say about us. And then we live mm-hmm. our life through that lens,
1: yeah. which
0: which I call like a foundational lie. Mm-hmm. It's like the way the, the, the rest of our life, we base our self-worth and everything off of that lie. And, mm-hmm. And like you said, we are not who they say we are. And I, I just love you so much for for your strength. So was it after you spoke to this uh, person in high school? Is that like, when did you start to find your voice, to have the courage to speak up?
1: Uh, maybe 10 years ago. Wow. 10 years ago. Um, I knew. God guy had a calling for me because he showed it to me in a vision. And then he had to confirm with a phone call the next day. And I knew I didn't say anything. Um, he's always been pricking me. I've always been an advocate. All my life, I've always said, my cousin just reminded me of this. She said, Chena, says we were growing up, you've always said, all I want to do is help somebody. And she mm-hmm. said, look at you now. But it wasn't until I was in church, I got saved for the, for real this time, <laughs> I got saved. And I remember, you know, I would get into the service, get into my word, you know, catch the spirit. And then something would trigger me and all Hades would break loose in me. And I was like, wait a minute, God, I thought you were supposed to save me. You're supposed to, you know, take this away and all that. He said, you are saved, you know, but this is the first step. Mm-hmm your redemption I had to learn the power of forgiveness and it was not easy it
0: was not I I really would love for you to talk about that because I'm looking at your your chronicles of a favored woman and first is you know the power of your voice mm-hmm. but then the power of forgiveness which mm-hmm. Please, I would just love for you to share because I, I can imagine how difficult that had to be. How did you get to that place?
1: Uh, time and grace, as I would have to say. Um, I had to get to a point where I started praying for those who harm me and hurt me. And I just got tired. Unforgiveness is such a bondage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not only would it, it creates such a bond. It started breaking me down physically, mentally, spiritually, and in, any, in every way possible. And it just got to a point where I had to do it until it became a habit. How did I do that? When I, a memory would trigger, I would start praying for that person. When a memory was triggered, when I want to go negative, I have to change to something positive. Then their word says, created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. I have to constantly remind myself when I ask God, why do I have to forgive the people who always did that? And then he would check me and said, do you not remember the time you did this and I forgave you? Do you not remember the time you did this and I forgave you? Who are you not to forgive others when I'm forgiving you? I learned you did go to Hades from unforgiveness, and I did not want that. I knew that I he had something better for me, and if I just trusted him and let it go, I had to practice unforgiveness. Now I'm not going to sit here and tell your listeners that that's easy. No, it's not.
0: But if you
1: want some, if you want something bad enough, you got to be hungry for it. And if you either going to, I had to get to a point where I was going to live or die, and I saw myself deteriorating. In every way possible. And I couldn't do that anymore. And then I got to a point where I forgave everybody, but the hardest forgiveness was forgiving myself.
0: Oh, my. Okay. Tell me more about that.
1: Because you hold yourself in bondage. You ask God to forgive you, and then he forgives you, put it in the sea of forgetfulness, and here you go back in the sea and drag it right back out. So now you're self condemning yourself. I call it the little people in, in my head who's always trying to remind you of where you used to be. Right. Instead of you, and then you have to remind yourself of where you are and where you're going. And it it, it, it becomes so habitual that we put ourselves in our own jail cell in our mind. And God is like, I'm not happy right now, but you will have to go through this until you learn to trust me. And I mean, trust me, Fully. Finally, I got to a point I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. I knew that I was stagnating myself because God showed me on many occasions where he had things for me. He's just waiting for me to let go and give it to him. Mm-hmm. So I had to finally just make the decision. I'm going to do this and I'm going to move forward. So when the enemy would try to come to me and I said, you know what? You used to hold me captive but now I am a new creature, and I refuse to stay in bondage anymore. You are no longer, I give you no authority to hold this over my head anymore, and I release this back to God, and I'm going to move forward.
0: That's so powerful and so beautiful because it is not easy, and yet we're called to forgive. Because it's just like you said, we wind up putting ourselves in our own self-made jail. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't forgive because we think it's hurting the other person, but it's really hurting us. And when mm-hmm. we get, can we can capture um, that forgiveness is really for our benefit mm-hmm. um, and letting go and releasing. That's when that freedom comes to our soul. And I, I... Like for me, I look at a clenched fist Mm. and when I struggle with forgiveness, like if I'm thinking of a certain person, sometimes I'll just say, Lord, can you just take one finger at a time and open it up so I can let this go. It's not easy to open up the whole hand. You know, God just says, can you take one step at a time? And you know what? We have to practice it. I love that you said that because... You know, our emotions are involved. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I do, Fuchina, is I, I I'll listen to my heart, I'll think of that person or that event. And if I think of it and I still feel like this mm. like here in my heart, then I know I still have some more unforgiveness. Right. And a lot lots of times it's just a choice, like what you were doing. You you chose to forgive. Maybe you didn't feel it, but you mm-hmm. made We have, sometimes our emotions will catch up with our words. Exactly. And we just have to start by saying it and let God pour his grace out upon us so we can continue to walk in that path of forgiveness. So I just love your heart. And I love how you shared about that because unforgiveness just keeps us bound and God has so much to do in our lives. And yet he can't entrust that to us until we forgive so he could pour right. it in. it's so That's beautiful right. mm-hmm. tell me how you help women i love this part about paying it forward and going back to help someone else reach their full potential yeah. how do you help women with that
1: well first of all let me start off by saying this everyone has a story everyone has a story Mm-hmm. A testimony is built on a person who has gone through a test and has came over a test. We're created as testimony because there's going to be someone who's going to go through the same thing you went through and you are living proof that if God got you through it, he'll get if, if God got me through it, he will get you through it. We're living testimonies. That's why we're there. And I tell people, when you go through your story, it is selfish of you to keep that story to yourself. What do I mean by that? When God has delivered you and you've come to that next level of healing, it is your responsibility to go back and help those who want to be helped so they can see and enjoy the freedom and the gift of being free. It is our responsibility to do that. And, you know, it's funny, I was facilitating a group just last night. And as I shared my testimony, I'm a very open book. I shared my testimony. At first, you know, you walk in, you kind of feel the room like, I don't know if I want to be here, blah, 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 blah. When I left that night, they thanked me for sharing my story and my openness. I said, the reason I'm so transparent is because what I've learned, because I know how I know. I relate to people who can relate to what I'm going through. I went through a lot of my life where people just not going to understand why I'm so promiscuous. People are not going to understand why I had a sex addiction. Because if you've never been through my story, you're not going to understand my glory. If you haven't been through it, you have people out there waiting to hear your story. I used to ask God, well, why, Daddy? Why me? Why? Why? He said, why not you? Mm. It stopped me. And now I get it. I didn't understand it before. But a pastor told me, Tina, the things that has happened to you, it's not for you. It's for somebody else. And I said, now, unless somebody can prove me wrong, Jesus is the only one who worked perfect on his earth, Walked perfect. But every person that was used in the Bible came from a story.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's true. So if he could use them, I'm privileged that he has chose me to use.
0: Oh, I wish you can all see her face right now. She just <laughs> glows. Oh. And you know what? Our story doesn't have any power unless we share it. That's right. Otherwise, it kept, it just is kept hidden in a box. And all of that pain... For no gain for someone right. else's gain and that oh you know God. when you hear that phrase the power of my story the power is in what you just said being transparent because someone else needs to know oh, she understands me mm-hmm. she's someone i can trust yes. i can go to her yes. i can finally open my heart i yes. can find my voice and that is a gift and i i just love the fact that you have taken you know, such a, a, a dark part of your life and you have turned it around and brought light to other people who now in turn can take that light to others. It's just like you're saying, your, your whole program is about igniting a light and a spark and one story, one life at a time. To That's God be powerful. Yes. You. Aww. Oh. God,
1: really um, there's so many people out there And I particularly like to deal with women of God because I remember I would use God to mask it. I would use it as a mask, thinking that I would just put a band aid on this big old gash that deserves stitches. But then I realized how much I stunt my growth because I wouldn't deal with it because of the embarrassment or whatever. And so I like to encourage women, especially women that operate in faith, it's okay. It's not your fault what happened to you. It's not your fault you were traumatized. It's not your fault, but it is your responsibility to take what has happened to you. And it's just like creating lemonade. It starts off with lemons and then you get a pitcher, you squeeze it. You add some sugar, you add some water, and you stir. And now you've got lemonade. Mm,
0: that's a good visual for someone to be able to grasp that, taking something that was very bitter and turning it into something sweet. Mm-hmm. As you were uh, talking, I have this quote here that I think kind of sums up what you were just saying there. Don't let someone who did you wrong make you think there's something wrong with you. Don't devalue yourself because they didn't value you. Know your worth, even if they don't.
1: You have to send me those quotes. I love it. Ah, I will. I, I'll email I, them I to you. I love it. But I will say this. It reminds me of something like this. Stop taking responsibility for something that wasn't your fault. You right. take ownership for the part you play in it and whatever you do, but the Anything that that was outside of you, you put that responsibility on them because that wasn't you, that was them.
0: Is that the hardest thing to, to do? Like as you're talking to women, you know, what are some of the difficult hurdles that you have to get them over to get to the place that you're wanting to take them?
1: One, that it wasn't their fault. Because as women or people, we send to think, well, if I would have did this, this wouldn't happen. If I would have did that, no, it wouldn't matter what you've done. You don't have control over what someone does. You just don't have that control. And then you have to understand once you realize that's not your shame. That's on them. You were the victim. You were the victim. They were not. And while they are living their life, You're stuck not living yours. Now you're giving out this poison, hoping that they would die, but you're killing yourself.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Because when it's all said and done and we leave this earth, guess what? They're still going to be in this earth. What do you have to show for that? The best thing, power, the power of love, that thing is a, boy, that thing is something special. But, The more you exercise it, the more you can forgive. And it starts with little baby steps. It's not my fault. It is not my fault. Even when others try to put that insecurity you have to remind yourself, David had to encourage himself in the book of Psalms. He had to encourage himself. You have to encourage yourself because you got to know who you are and who you are.
0: I agree. That that's the foundation right there that gives you the strength mm-hmm. to even say it is not my fault.
1: It's not my fault. No longer. will I hold this, I will no longer feel embarrassed about something I had no control over. I will no longer feel guilty about something that, that someone overpowered me. I will no longer feel ashamed because this older person took my innocence away. I didn't ask for it, but what I will do with it is use it to help others.
0: You, you turned it around. Mm-hmm. So I know part of your, um, how valuable it is to find your voice. But tell, tell our audience why it's so important. Like, why? Like, what is the why behind finding your voice? Why is it so critical?
1: Because you should not give that power to someone.
0: Okay.
1: Everyone, as kids, sometimes our voice are taken away because our parents want to tell us what to think, how to think. know what to do how to do it or whatever and some do not value the voice but our voice is very important it is unique for everyone every God made us fear he made us fearfully and wonderfully made he made us all individuals that's why he makes us individuals that's why everybody doesn't have the same fingerprint we are uniquely made you have to exercise it you have to exercise it and sometimes that's taken away, and we don't know. But eventually, something's going to gnaw on you. Something's going to gnaw on you where you're tied to someone telling you what to do, how to do whatever. Or you have your own feelings, you have your own life, and we have to live it. We have to live it. And maybe you didn't grow up with it at first, but at some point in your life, you're going to realize, wait a minute, or 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 it's. It's going to be a revelation. Wait a minute. I have, I know I don't feel that way. You know, you get to a point where I was letting people tell me what I think. No, I don't feel that way. And you just have to exercise it until it becomes second nature. Repetition is very important. That's why you hear me say it over and over and over and over. Okay. Because it's very important repetition. Who are you without a voice? A person who falls for it. a person who doesn't stand for something will fall for anything.
0: Mm, that's good. So I'm going to ask you a question because I know I keep going back to this, Because, but finding the voice is so critical because we can't stay silent. And even those that know that something is going on, we have to use our voice and not be silent and protect children. So for the sake of those that are listening, that are wanting to find their voice for the very first time, can you go back to that moment for you? Can you remember what it felt like when the first time you used your voice?
1: Let me first say this. I've learned to be silent and more. Even if you're afraid, say something. Um, for me, oh, I'm trying to think. One of that didn't happen to me until my adult years. Um,
0: well, I remember you shared. You know, the first time you told the person you met in high school. Yeah. Um, if you
1: can, if you know of someone that you know that you can trust, once you get it out, it's such a refreshing feeling. Once you do that, I would say, people, the best thing I can tell you to do is, if you don't, whoever your higher power is, mine is God, always going to be God, to surround you around people that you can trust and sincerely care about you. Even if you can't talk to someone, get a sheet of paper, start writing. The reason I tell people to do that, I used to keep slips of paper at my desk and whenever I would feel something, I'll write on a slip of paper and then I'd tear it up and i throw it away. But every time I did that, it gave me the power to start speaking up to what I stopped writing on the sheet of paper and started speaking. Once you take that initial step, I tell people, if you're afraid, do it afraid.
0: Yes. Do it or free. And what I hear you saying is, you took little steps. Yes. Even writing it down was a step. And like, yes, just take a step, and to just know that there are people who really do care. And when you find those people that you can trust, they are really there to literally pull you out. That's right. From your past and take, bring you into the place where you can find healing, restoration and begin to live the full potential. And the reason why you were created in the first place and why you are here on this earth and to not let what someone else did to block your God-given potential. And I just pray that everyone who's listening today are, you're hearing the call from Frucina's heart. Just start, just start speaking and to believe there is someone that will listen. And of course, we know God will listen too. And I know some people might be angry at God. And I understand that when we hurt, you know, we, we tend sometimes to be angry at God, the first one we get angry at. And my only encouragement would be, not to turn away or run from God, but to run to him because he is the one that ultimately will break the chains of mm-hmm. bondage and bring you out into a safe place. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I totally agree with you. Like I mentioned before, I used to be mad at God asking why, why, why? And now I've learned to stop asking why and ask him, what is it that you will have me learn from this situation?
0: Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Because mm-hmm. I can tell your whole heartbeat is helping others who have walked the same journey, the same path, and and you really have a heart to help. I, I I'm just so grateful that you have been here today to share all of this, and I know I will have your all of your connection points in my show notes and I know you also have a blog and I think women would love, you know, to connect with you. And I, I found this poem and I wanted to end the podcast reading that. And if you had any final thoughts after I read the poem, okay. 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 So here's the poem. Like a flower in the desert, I had to grow in the cruelest weather, holding on to every drop of rain, just to stay alive. But it's not enough to survive. I want to bloom beneath the blazing sun and show you all of the colors that live inside of me. I want you to see what I can become. And this is by Christy Ann Martin. And I just thought, that's so apropos. I think deep inside, and I'm sure you felt that way too. You just wanted everyone... Mm -hmm. To know the real you and who you could become. Yes. Yes. I'll give you the last few words here of any final encouragement that you would have for anyone who's listening right now that's looking for that hope, looking for that courage, looking for a new beginning. What would you share?
1: That the power is in you. You just have to tap into it. And sometimes you might have to go a little deeper than you you know. There is power in your voice and there's power in your story. Once you tap into it, you'll understand how to utilize it and to help others. Forgiveness is for me. The forgiveness is not for the other person. It is for you. So you can take yourself out of bondage. Lastly, once you come out of it, knowing the power of your voice, utilizing the power of your voice, forgiving others and forgiving yourself, go back and help someone else who's trying to get where you are. It's not your fault, but it is your responsibility.
0: Beautifully shared, Fuchina. And this is just a, a, a shout out to all who are listening. Please also share this episode. This is your way to also help someone else who needs to hear Fuchina and her story and how she's helping other women. So this is our chance to reach out and help others. And I want to thank you, Fuchina, for your time today, for your heart, for the journey that you are on. And I just see how you're, you just glow. Your eyes, I see freedom and peace and love in your eyes. And I celebrate the redemption story that I see in you. And I want to thank all of you that come each and every week. You know, you're my transition tribe. We come together each week to grow, to learn, and to be transformed by the purpose and the power of the transitions in our lives. I encourage all of you to reach out to Fuchina and connect with someone who will first believe. She will receive you and she will teach you how to walk out so you can go into the place to thrive and overcome and be who you were always created to be. Thank you for joining us today on the Transition Bridge Podcast. We appreciate you. If you enjoyed listening today, please go ahead and subscribe or review the show on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to check out the show notes. And for more information about Debbie, go to debbyronca.com. That's D E B I R O N C A.com.